Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast SGWP Sunday Rundown Edition. And for those of you wondering, hey, what what the hell happened to the Wednesday War Room this week? Well, unfortunately, we had a lot of stuff that happened. I was going crazy at work. James was dealing with migraines. It you know it's just it was just a rough week. So unfortunately, we were unable to get it done. We do apologize for that, but rest assured, we're gonna have the episode up this week. Come rain or shine or hell or whatever the hell is gonna come up, we're definitely gonna get that show off the ground this upcoming Wednesday. But right now, we're talking about the Sunday rundown. And as always, I am your host, Carlos, aka the wrestling movie guy, and I got my boy, my partner in crime, James, aka J Dash. Uh oh. Uh oh. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Sunday Rundown Super Show. Sorry for the week of being absent. And you know, real life, migraines, work, real life, depression, oxygen, bad weather. Po- uh, I don't know. Just a lot of crazy shit happened this week. Just not what's been happening on everyone's TV we've seen over the last week. Um, that had nothing to do with us being absent, just personal stuff our ways. But, hey, we're here. We're back. Thank you for joining us this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whatever you download it. Welcome. And hopefully enjoy a great Sunday rundown. Absolutely, as always. And uh, James, I think we got a little bit of news to drop, or should we save that? What oh, we, we can do? drop. We can drop it now. So we've been getting some interaction with the fan base, small fan base we have, but still an interaction. They have been asking us to do NXT podcast. So we will be launching a NXT podcast here in the upcoming weeks. My friend Clayton will be uh, joining us, join myself on Friday nights for Unhinged for a first couple of weeks so he can get his feet in the water of podcasting before he does his standalone NXT show. Uh, join us on Unhinged for Fridays. Unhinged, we'll be doing AEW and NXT talk. Kind of make it like a little Wednesday night war type episode for Friday nights. That will start this week. Uh, hopefully you guys join. Welcome Clayton to the crew. Uh, make him feel welcome in the wrestling community. Let's just don't be those psychos, but welcome. Um, but me and Carlos will still do SmackDown and Raw and pay-per-views, but we are now branching out to NXT. So if anyone else wants to join the growing Shooting Gallon Wrestling Podcast, we do have a lot more wrestling federations out there that need covered. And just give us a holler. We'll help you guys out. Yeah, if you guys want to talk Impact Wrestling, New Japan, we'd love to hear from you and see if maybe we can work something out. And as James said, as long as you're not a psycho. <laughs> but it seems like these days it's hard to tell. <laughs> but anyway, let's catch up on some WWE action. Let's distract ourselves with some entertainment and catch up on the action that happened on this past Friday Night SmackDown, which I gotta say was pretty good. But let's find out if James and you guys thought so. But... First things first, let's get the first storyline out of the way. 
Bailey and Sasha Banks steal the show and the tag team titles. Well, this was an unexpected ending of the show this week, and we're going to kick off SGWP Sunday Rundown with this match. As you can see, plainly, I just repeated myself, dumbass Carlos, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defended their titles against Bailey and Sasha Banks in a pretty solid, if not unspectacular match. And more than anything, the storytelling going on had me in total suspense, as towards the end of the bout, Bailey truly showed her selfish side by throwing Sasha Banks off a laid-out Nikki Cross to take the victory. Of course, she didn't get it. And she showed herself to be, well, a very jackass, selfish individual. At this point, we've all known this, and we've been telling Sasha, get the hell away from her. So when that happened, the look on Sasha's face had me really thinking that this was the night that the inevitable breakup was about to happen. And to my shock, it did not. And even more so shocked me to see that they actually beat Alexa and Nikki Cross for the titles. I did not expect that. Like, I was just staring at the screen. What just happened? Now Sasha Banks has got some gold. She's got some gold to sustain her. But will it be enough to keep her from attacking Bailey after all the bullshit she's had to deal with? Is that going to happen? Maybe not right now, in my opinion, but perhaps sooner than we think. We saw a similar situation with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy winning and losing the tag team titles not that long ago in a short period of time. Although that was under different circumstances, there are similarities here. And I think it's possible that uh, SMB, Sasha and Bailey will be put in a tag team match at Backlash to perhaps lose the titles and finally set up the end of their friendship. But if not, maybe they're being set up for a massive breakup at SummerSlam? I don't know, but either way, a new layer has been added to the storyline onion, and I'm happy to say that I, I liked how it was handled. I thought the match was, eh, it was okay, but the story was more important. I was really surprised and even more intrigued as to what's going to be the next chapter in the relationship between SNB. So, well, James, what's your take on it? And uh, if your Twitter account is anything to go by, well, it, hmm, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you got to say. As we start every great saga, we start with chapter four. But in this saga, we are now entering, hopefully, the rise of Sasha Banks. I would say Skywalker, but... We Wait, does that mean she, she is she going to take the name of Bailey then? Wouldn't this make this the rise of <laughs> Bailey? If the logic of the new Star Wars movies is anything to go by? <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, that could be a wrong way to put it. But still... How long have we discussed about these two together, breaking up, coming back together type of storyline? It's been a while. Um, and even our, in our XFL days, it's really. Are you giving these girls the tag team belts just weeks before they break up, possibly? I think there's a strong chance of it because in order for Sasha and Bailey to truly get mad at each other, I think would be for them to win and lose the titles in a very short period of time. Because they go from the highest of high and the lowest of low like that. And that's just going to agitate their already starting to fracture relationship. Yeah. And also one of the things that I've been getting very irritated about, about this whole storyline, especially with Nia Jack, not Nia Jax, uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, is that they've been going from both Raw and SmackDown. And earlier this week, they had a was it a tag team title match against the Iconics? I think it was. No, it was, like, it was just a match, but it oh, wasn't it was a tag. A, mm -hmm. 
but you you saw them going back and forth, and this whole I was watching this match, the you know closeout SmackDown, and I was back in my head, it's like, are they really going to have the Iconics come out of nowhere and do something? And of course they didn't. I was surprised. So it just uh, for me, it's like, why are we even having the that type of feud in Raw when it's pretty much meaningless now, seeing that in the Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss don't have the belts. I do but think, though, could, that the Iconics, I mean, they didn't technically lose the titles. They had to give them up. So, in a I way, they gave they, them up due to injury. Yeah, but they still gave them up. They never lost. So, I think that there is some credence to the storyline there. And if I may give the Iconics a quick shout out, I think they've actually been doing some pretty good stuff lately. I've really been enjoying them far more than I had in the past. So, good props to them. Well, because when they first, I know they were going sidetrack here, but the Iconics, <clears throat> when they were introduced, they were screaming to me as a fan, not as a person that's breaking down action. They've been screaming to me as the white version, you know, that's a hard, bad word to say now, a white version of the Bellas. A little bit, but Australian. Yeah, but that, they were presented that way. Now how they have come back, they're completely nothing like the Bella Twins. Because the Bella Twins really never had the... the audacity to smack each other on live TV, then hug each other and cry about hitting each other. Ooh, let's not forget the whole storyline of, I wish you died in the womb! Like, that was, what the hell? Like, I'll never forget that. That's what I think of first when I think of the Bellas. That and the switcheroos they did. Yeah, talk about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've been around for a while. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. They have. It makes you. It makes you think like all the bullshit I just said. Uh, don't even. Don't even remember what I just said, people. Um, but so far, the iconics, in my opinion, since being back, they have. Big, they're more tamed than they were before. I know people hate. I forgot her name. I'm not talking about Ty Dillinger's wife. I'm talking about the other girl. Forgot her name. Oh, Billy uh, Kay. Yeah. I know everyone, every time I see on Twitter, I know our toxic wrestling community we have on Twitter, every time she always you know, says something on Twitter, opens her mouth, it's like chalkboard on a blackboard. I understand that. Uh, she does have a very high-pitched voice, but honestly, I think that's her character, people, so don't think she actually talks like that all the time. Um, but switching for the Iconics to... The main story here, uh, Bailey and Sasha. How can you give Bailey and Sasha the tag team be- uh, tag team belts? Knowing we've had this storyline build up for Jesus almost three years, it seems like since they were in NXT, and give them the belts. Knowing that they're going to be there's going to be a separation. Is we've already heard rumors. We've already seen stories from all the other websites that covered wrestling more in depth than us. But then completely forget about the Iconics going after the tag team titles for the last three weeks. My well, maybe, point, maybe not. The uh, Invitational is still going on. People, cha- champions can still go from show to show if they want. So can there be possibly a triple threat in the future at Backlash for the tag team titles? Possibly, yeah, because the the Iconics have been saying that they never lost the title, so they should get an opportunity. Yeah, but for I know you how you honestly, I know I should have started this segment off from that. How dare you say this was a good SmackDown? Um, (laughs) I know I you see that's strange. Every time you're positive about a show, 
I feel a little bit negative about the show. But when I feel positive about the show, you don't like it. Like, I feel positive about that Jeff Hardy storyline. You fucking just buried the shit. Oh, I, I hated it. I, I'm not going to lie, though, because we aren't really going to be talking too much about it. It wasn't as important as the other storylines. I did feel a little bit better about it this week. I actually could kind of see where they were going with it. I just felt that they went too far with it because they really did give us what I was asking for the week prior. I said, why not do some sort of backstage attack or when he's coming to work, have a, a Seamus attack? And they did. But I just didn't like the way that they handled it. Um, yeah. It's kind of like Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Oh, yeah, you gave us Bebop and Rocksteady. You gave us Krang. But you gave us no structure whatsoever in the movie. It was a complete mess. So they gave us what we wanted, but they just didn't do it well. And that, I still feel that way about it. But I felt a little bit better about it this week. I thought well, that the promo also, was... It also helps where Jeff Hardy basically just ruins the storyline when he does his promo. I thought I it was like, one of his stronger ones. I mean, he's never been a great talker. But what culture wrestling did come out on, I think, last yesterday. No, came out earlier today. Because, you know, they're in England, so they're, I don't know, eight hours ahead of us here on the East Coast, or five, five hours ahead of us. Yeah, five hours. Um, they said that um, Simon, you know, Simon, was it Simon Cowell? The guy who does ups and downs for them? Yeah, Simon. Uh, the best guy to see. That's, like, the only dude I watch for them over there. That's a nice little plug for you, Simon. He even said on his uh, ups and downs that Hardy meant to say a redheaded a redhead man was driving the car, not the redhead. <laughs> and when he said that, I said, "Wait a minute!" So I had to go back to my DVR and go look, and sure enough, Jeff Hardy said the man, a the man with the red hair. I'm like, "Well, there's only one guy on SmackDown with that color, hair color, and that's Sheamus." But everyone knew. Every, we even mentioned it on, on our rundown last week that it, it it's Sheamus. Ninety nine point nine percent, it's Sheamus. Um, but I like how they kind of. I know you hated it, and I like how they pretty much saved the storyline this week. They didn't completely destroy it, and we finally get the confirmation that we knew for freaking weeks now, Sheamus and Hardy. At Backlash, because we thought it was going to happen at Money in Bank, but it was too early in the storyline. We finally get it. We're going to see it next Sunday night. Yes, yeah. next Sunday. So wow, we got, from Sunday, so we got a live stream coming, people. Holy crap. <laughs> Woo! Just like that. But just to get back on track, what we started with, because, man, we're all over the place today right now. Um, where do you see Sasha and Bailey going? Do you, do you think they're going to hold on to the titles for very long? Sasha and Bailey are going to a nice penthouse in Jacksonville, Florida, right by a nice boat with your yours truly sitting with the two beautiful ladies. Uh, that's their destination. Damn, man. <laughs> I, I wish I had a penthouse and I wish I had a nice boat. Um, I do have wine coolers and some white claws. I, I don't think that would attract Sasha Bailey or Bailey or Sasha and Bailey, so I don't think that was going to attract them. Um, where I see, I see a separation here pretty soon. If if I, if I'm betting, I guarantee you there's going to be something announced on Raw or on Tuesday or right before SmackDown next week, of some type of match between the Iconics, uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss and Bailey and Sasha. I do see a very short title reign, but for the tag team titles, and I won't be surprised if we see that separation at Backlash or right after it. But I do, hopefully. 
the moon's aligned with all the planets. There's a you know s- you know symmetry everywhere, and we finally see this breakup before SummerSlam because I think we have Extreme Rules next after Backlash. So hopefully we're starting to see the separation of this endless storyline that we've been seeing for the last three years. All so right, all right. Well, with that said, we've definitely used up a big chunk of the show on that, so let's move over to Otis and Mandy doing some relatively heelish things. So, as always, Otis makes his appearance, and I love everything that comes out of the man's mouth. Always makes me laugh. But he did an unusual move this week in the back of the, well, not the locker room, but, you know, backstage. By going and walking around with Manny Rose and taking the crown of King Baron Corbin and taking it to the ring with him. And Mandy Rose actually egged him on to take the crown. And let's be honest, Otis really, really is the king right now in WWE since he's got the Money in the Bank briefcase. He's got Manny by his side. He's got a tremendous boost going thanks to the head bookers. Uh, So... Overall, I thought that Corbin and Otis had a pretty decent match, but, you know, not great. Uh, there were a few spots where I felt that Otis looked a little bit long-winded. I'd never really seen him winded in a match yet, and for some reason it just came across that way. And some of his slams on Corbin looked a little bit sloppy, but the match was still enjoyable. And Otis got the W, pushing his success even further, because at this point, if you're going up against Baron Corbin in WWE, you're definitely going places. Like, I feel like he's becoming one of those bars. If you go, if you face off against Corbin and get some kind of storyline with him, you're doing something right in the company. Um, and a little bit later during the night, after he got his W, Sonny Deville was fighting with Lacey Evans in a hell of a stiff match. They continued the good role that these two have been on since last week. I like their matches. And I was thinking to myself towards the end that it's a shame that Mandy and Sonya don't really, you know, it seemed like the book was closed on that. Didn't seem like it was going to continue. And all of a sudden, Mandy pops up on the Jumbotron and messes with Sonya, distracting her so Lacey could land her women's right on Sonya Deville's jaw, ending the match. And I, I love this ending so much that I rewound it right away again to see that punch. That's probably the best woman's right that I've seen Lacey Evans drop on someone. And I thought that I overall just thought this was an interesting week for Otis and Manny because they did things that normally would be considered heel moves. Otis steals a crown from the <clears throat> rightful King Corbin, although you know Corbin is an ass. And then Mandy did what she Mandy did to Sonia, what Sonia had done to her weeks ago. You know, usually the face rises above the heel, and she caused Sonia the match. All this makes me wonder: is this the sign of a little tweak? To the couple's future by way of a heel turn and really having them become some kind of a true power couple like mandy is the brains and otis is the muscle do you see something like that happening like a power couple uh, yeah like he's hulk he... and she's black widow or something uh, nah. they when i think of a power couple i think of triple h and stephanie mcmahon well i mean come on that's the power couple they run yeah. the show of course, he runs the show. It's boss man's siblings and no, nah, it's not boss man's siblings. It's boss man's daughter and son-in-law. Uh, can they be in the next like a, a type of power couple in SmackDown? Yeah, they can. Do I think it's going to be uh, like a force to deal with? No. 
I I know I know I'll have people get mad at me at this. I know you might get mad at me at this, but Otis and Mandy Rose's relationship is reminding me of our truth and Carmella. I don't quite see that because they were far more platonic. Like these two, although when they kiss, it seems it comes across a little bit awkward. I, I don't I don't see it like that myself. Yeah, and the only reason why I say that is if you want to talk about power couples or couples like that, you have to put you know our truth and Carmella in the same sentence with Otis and Mandy Rose. Same with Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler. But our uh, truth has never gotten the money in the bank briefcase. The most he, he had gotten was a U.S. title, and that was like what two thousand eight? Oh, long time ago. Bro. Oh, come on, man! Twenty four seven belt. Nah, it, it's an enjoyable prop, you know. But that's uh, it's pretty much a meaningless title. That's the entertainment title. It's lower than even the European title. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. But can the only thing I hope uh, we've seen last week. That we didn't, we really didn't talk about them last week, uh, because of the pool scene. I'm just hope it's been a good storyline. It's it's had its ups, it's had its downs, it's had its laughs, but it's getting to a point where it seems like that. Well, of course, we already know the storyline itself is getting away from Otis. They're, They're putting Otis. It seems like they're putting Otis on the back burner for now. And it's been this has been mo- mostly a Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose type of match, and or type of feud over the last couple of weeks. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And am I disagree? Am I against that? Hell no. That has been oh shit. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. That that has been the best rivalry on SmackDown for weeks, and it still is. Um, those two, you have to give props where props is due. Those two ladies have fucking great chemistry in that ring. They are not messing up on moves. They're executing at the top of their games, and it's great entertainment. Now, Otis, of course, everyone loves Otis. I'm not bashing Otis because of his character. He is a weird dude. Makes you smile. But power couple, I just say they could be a strong couple. They're not going to be a couple that's going to be you know dominant like... Actually, they could be similar to Maurice and the Miz. Ooh, but nothing higher than that. That's not a bad. That's not a bad spot to be in, though. I mean, hell, Miz and Maurice—they got their own TV show. I would love an Otis and Mandy TV show. Like, I would actually watch that. And I'm not big on reality TV. Yeah, just make that a WWE Network exclusive. <laughs> okay, just don't put I that don't... in. Any... Don't put down anything else. Just I don't going. see USA being too interested. They'd be like, you want us to what? This guy? <laughs> We're going to get sued by Kool-Aid. <laughs> Is Spike TV still around? Nah, well, I mean, technically, yeah. Spike TV turned into Paramount TV. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Then never mind. I was going to say Spike TV might get it for like a Monday morning airtime of 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Oh, come on. You got to <laughs> put it in prime time. Uh, they put them on the NXT or the WWE Network. I'm gonna say NXT Network. My bad. <laughs> well, that would be USA. Okay, let's move over to the uh, to the third storyline. AJ Styles puts over Drew Gulak. I know I said earlier that this is something I didn't expect, but again, I was surprised this week 
because I didn't see this happening. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles have themselves a pretty damn good promo to help build up the match for their upcoming pay-per-view backlash, displaying the differing views on what makes a great champion. You know, AJ wants to quote-unquote play it smart, and uh, he is, but still playing it opportunistically. And here you got Daniel Bryan saying, I'm going to defend my title week in and week out, and I'm going to keep giving opportunities to the other lesser-known wrestlers in the back. I like that kind of stuff. So uh, after they discussed that, AJ told Brian that he would face off against Daniel Bryan's new life coach, Drew Gulak. Welcome back, Drew Gulak. After the bell rang, those two had themselves a great match. They went back and forth. And I think this is the first time that they faced off against each other. Last I checked. And overall, it was an excellent match. Tons of technical wrestling. It felt like something out of Jim Crockett promotions. Overall, just good stuff. But then it happened. Drew won the match. I was aghast. My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe that they gave Drew Gulag the match so close to the pay-per-view and against AJ Styles, no less. Like, he never loses to people like that. Once again, this goes to show the WWE is starting an arms race against AEW by building up their own core of fresh faces that may have may or may not have been with the company for a long period of time, but were never really given a chance to succeed since WWE was very comfortable pushing the well-known established wrestlers. So this is by far the biggest win in Drew Gulag's career. And one's got to wonder what is going to be next for him. And James, do you ever think he's ever going to turn on Daniel Bryan? I, I don't see that happening anytime soon myself, but... Uh, this this was a big big night for Drew Gulak. What'd you think of it? Ah, uh, the guy got fired or was wasn't fired. No. Was released. No, his contract just ran out. That was all. Oh, so oh, so that's right. That's right. He didn't get uh, he didn't get released on that massive Thursday slacking that the WWE did a couple of uh, weeks ago. Um, it was a stunning win. My boy AJ Styles lost, but. One thing you got to admit about AJ Styles, like a lot of WWE superstars in the past that are not named Triple H, and of course AEW stars like Cody Rhodes, they don't mind taking the loss for an upcoming superstar. They get they like to put guys over, and AJ Styles did that. That was a good match. The thing is, is that you just said that is Drew Gulak going to turn on Daniel Bryan? Too early. Too early, my friend. Uh, it's Everyone remember Drew Gulak? Uh, was it uh, 205 Live? Mm-hmm. Was it two, him and was it... Uh, damn it, he's a part of the freaking... Uh, the, he's his disciple, I forgot his name, Austin Theory. I'm talking about... Uh, oh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, yeah. Him and Buddy Murphy had a nice little, you know, back and forth back in 205 days. Um, it was a good win. And do I agree with you but saying that the WWE is finally pushing younger talent up the ranks to compete with the AEW? I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because he's been on the roster just like Apollo Crews has for a lengthy time. Mm-hmm. And AEW has only been around for 12 months. So if it was comparison to companies over like a five-year stretch, and I may, might agree with you, but I do think that you do hit hit to hit something on the point is that they that WWE is realizing they need to find somebody like Drew Gulak, like Apollo Cruz, 
the the younger mid card guys that have a potential to be universal or WWE champion in the next 12, 16, 24 months. Um, they need to do it because the other brand is showing they can do that with the Jungle Boy, MJF, um, uh, Darby Allen, you know, Jimmy Havoc, those type of guys. So it's interesting. I forgot who said this tweet or tweet or quote, but the best for wrestling, no matter what generation or era it is, is always another company that can do the same thing as you because it makes both companies better and it gets more talent over. When the WWE was the only thing in town, yes, you had ROH, yes, you had New Japan, but they never hoiled the jock of the WWE in the United States. Now that AEW is around, AEW is not holding the jock of the WWE just yet, but they're a hell of a big enough name for make people to change, you know, look the other direction and take their eyes off the product, which is the WWE. So is Drew Gulak a potential uprising superstar in the WWE? Yes. Is uh, Apollo Crews? Yes. Is uh, Austin Theory? Yes. Garza? Yes. Andrade? Yes. They have the talent there to do so. And they need to push them up to the upper levels because we see the elite guys out there that we already know in the WWE, they go missing for five to six months because either A, injuries, or Bs are going to do movie, or C, they just don't show up to the you know venue while holding a belt like Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar. Um, but it's time for the WWE to let the reins loose on their young talent because no matter what company you're in, your goal is always to get to the WWE. I don't care what you hear all these independent wrestlers says. Like, I'm never going to WWE. I'd rather go to here. Bullshit. You will love to enjoy the WWE's contracts. So it's nice to see an upgrade. It's nice to see the push. AJ Styles got homeboy over. And I do think that SmackDown Brown has something in it. And hopefully when they get Matt Riddle into the SmackDown fold, SmackDown becomes a better product. And hopefully what I've been hearing, the big dog may be on his way back sooner than people think. Oh, man. I hope so. I hope so, so much. And I think that Drew Gulak could definitely be a major asset to the company. He kind of reminds me of, um, for some reason, I was thinking Elias, but no, that's not the case. Uh, mm, where, where is his name? Ah, you know what? I can't remember it now. But point being is that I think that he is somebody that has no, the no, absolute no, no, potential. No. Mm. Let's discuss it. Who, who, what generation or era are you thinking of? Uh, around the Nexus time. Uh, he was on there. Uh, he, yeah. yeah, like he would always switch it up. At one point, they had the uh, macho whole connection thing before all that stuff came out. He was yeah. phenomenal. I cannot remember his name, and that's going to bug the hell out of me that I can't. Because usually I'm that guy on this show, if you listen long enough, that I always remember the names. But Damien Sandown? Thank you, Damien Sandow. Yes, I feel I like he could be... I don't know where that be... came from. I just popped, that came out, and I'm like, well, it's, it starts with a D. I know who he's talking about. And he changed his name when he went on the independent circuit. So, yeah, that, that was totally bugging the hell out of me. Thank you, Damien Sandow. He could be... The actual successful, and not that he wasn't in the WWE, but I mean take it to the next level successful. Not being stuck in the mid-card, but actually going to the top of the card. I could I could see Drew Gulak doing something like that. Now, whether or not he goes after you know the, the top title, I'm not sure. Definitely he's not there yet. But when you beat AJ Styles, 
that is huge for your career, especially when it's in the first match with him, because usually they want to protect guys like AJ Styles. So it's a cow now, or it's a roll up, or something like that. Never an actual clean one, two, three. So I think that he could be an even better Damian Sandow. That's the kind of level I, that I would put your Grulek on. Yeah. Yeah, that's just odd how I just got that out of the top of my head. As when you said when you said the Miz's done stunt double, I'm like, huh? Wait a minute, who's that guy? And he's like, you, oh, he's a stunt guy. I'm like, Damien, 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 Damien. Is this Damien? No, Damien Sandown. Yeah, there we go. It's <laughs> it's strange where you, when you you see the guy's face so vividly and you completely forget that his character what it was like he was. How enjoyable it was. I'm surprised he never really got into a bigger push in the WWE. But, of course, in the WWE, things happen backstage. And you know what's coming up next? Backstage news, which is presented by WPNNewsroom.com. Your number one source of backstage news is WPNNewsroom.com. So with backstage news today, Carlos, take it away, my friend. Well... As before, we have said that just because we're talking backstage news doesn't necessarily mean that it's all going to be WWE. We could talk about any other promotion. And if you guys want us to talk about some other ones on this show, please comment in the comment section. Anyway, mm, damn right. So could Impact be on the rise with the talent that they've been promoting? EC3, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Kurt Hawkins, Eric Young... The Canellas family, and they did promote Drake Maverick, but allegedly he just resigned with WWE, so who knows about that one. But all those other names have been promoted for the upcoming Slammiversary pay-per-view, which for those of you who do not know, that is the WrestleMania of that company. I was floored to see all these names together in this video package, and I've been a supporter of Impact, although I really am unable to keep up with it due to not having their cable channel thanks to Pop TV, no longer carrying Impact, and now it's on Access, and I don't have Access TV. It sucks. I, I would try to make a better effort for it, but, you know, it is what it is. But I wish them nothing but the best. And I think that this free agency work that they have done speaks huge volume. Because for those of you who don't know, Mark Cuban owns them, and Mark Cuban's got a lot of what? A lot of money. Uh... Attempt, yeah, he's attempting to really get his promotion back in the big picture next to WWE and AEW. I think the moves like this are really doing that. To have this much talent added to an already pretty damn solid roster could very well make a huge splash in the world of pro wrestling. And given the timing of this pay-per-view, which again is the WrestleMania, do you think that this is going to be a game changer for them? And James, and do you think that maybe they could start creeping up on AEW? Yes, they can. Will they? No. Why? TV. Simple as that. Impact has, in my opinion, they have gone to the seller because they went to a TV brand or partnership that is very hard to watch. I know was it was it Active TV. Well, no, it's uh, Access TV. But that it, Access TV, for those who don't know, it's more of a like uh, a music station network it's like an mtv kind of thing you know they, they play a lot of music they show you a lot of music documentaries stuff like that 
and for them to have impact seemed kind of odd but apparently I, I do believe that mark cuban's company owns impact wrestling now yeah but it's not tnt it's no. not usa and it's not fox and they'll never get up to AEW, aew's caliber even though they have more history than aew um Crap, some of the biggest stars they'll ever wrestle in Impact slash TNA days are now in WWE or AEW. And they have an extremely loyal fan base. Yes. Um, not bashing them. It's like they're wrestling fans like me and you, and they just support certain you know leagues. It's basically mm-hmm. like how we fans are with soccer. A lot of us are you know Bundesliga. A lot of us are English League. And a lot of us are MLS fans. Um <laughs> It just it just switches depending on who it's usually because of what star is on the brand. Like for me back in the day, AJ Styles, when I was watching him go up in the ranks and with him and Christopher Daniels, I was a big TNA fan. And now that you know they've moved their way to AEW and WWE, um, it's just you know it, you go through the motions. Now they're the guys like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, um, Carl Anderson. Where the hell did I get Carrara? Um, that <laughs> it, it won't, you know, make me go, ooh, I got to go watch it. EC3 might make me tune into it. But, yes, they did very well on getting free agents available. I do know EC3, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson were big uh, free agent targets for AEW. But EC3, in my opinion, would be the biggest name of that whole situation. And for Impact to get back in the fold of being considered a top-tier um, wrestling company. In my opinion, if if we had, like, divisions in wrestling, in the, in, in wrestling now in the United States or in the world, uh, WWE and AEW are Tier 1 and Impact, and Major League Wrestling's like, Tier 2, and everything else is Tier 3. Our New Japan will be in New Japan, ROH, and Impact are Tier 2, and all the rest are Tier 3. Um, but it's it's good moves. Sometimes you have to make that purchase. You got sometimes you got to gamble on superstars and to be relevant and have an owner backed by Mark Cuban who owns the Dallas Mavericks. If anyone doesn't know who the Dallas Mavericks are, they are an NBA franchise um, in the United States. And Mark Cuban is a very vocal individual. So yeah, good for them. Hopefully stuff happens. And for like we mentioned before. The best way to have good competition in the wrestling community and the wrestling industry is have just not one company, but multiple companies putting forth their best efforts to compete for the audience. Therefore, you get better product on TV. I think that uh, they could definitely be a lot of fun if they could throw them in and maybe get them on another major network. But Are they still it, Tuesday nights? I believe last I checked it was Thursdays. Okay, so but just... it, it could be on Tuesdays because, again, I don't have access TV, so I don't have the TV schedule for it. Um, I know that they put stuff up on their Twitch channel a good amount of bit, but I, I don't really get on Twitch. <laughs> no disrespect I do know to Twitch. that the WWE did throw away the rumors of NXT moving to Tuesday night. I did see that. They, WWE did said they had those are just BS rumors. We're not switching to Tuesday nights. Oh yeah, there's no way they do that because that would send a message to the uh, to the AEW. audience and in AEW and the media that oh we give up and if they give up, oh that'd be so no good for the company. That would validate people who completely dismiss WWE and just drive that even further. 
Yeah, but well, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I was I was agreeing with you. All right, fair enough. So let's move on to the second story of backstage news. This one I wanted to get onto on Monday, but I decided to save it for this one. And again, we do apologize we weren't able to get the Monday episode. I was just going but, to say, how are we going to discuss it on Monday when you're not even on Monday? <laughs> well, I'm trying to get my DeLorean back, but unfortunately, you know, it's it's back at the shop. They got to get a new capacitor. Yeah, it's a whole show. Oh, uh, anyway, Rob Gronkowski <laughs> is out hey, at hey, WWE. Hey, 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 hey. it's. Super Bowl champion Rob Gronkowski. Get it correct, bro. <laughs> Fair enough. Former Super Bowl champion Rob Gronkowski is out at WWE. And now former 24-7-7-11 champion. I-95, yada, yada, yada. What a waste of talent in WWE. And I really don't mean Gronk's ability to drink beer and party all night long, which is impressive. But I feel that Gronk can genuinely be entertaining. He can talk and he can do the physical work, mostly. But I kind of get the feeling that Vince wasn't very pleased with Gronk uh, after Gronk was basically given the 24-7-7-11 I-95 title. And then to show his appreciation to WWE... Gronk just goes and signs a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to rejoin his boy, Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. And I think that this was a slap to the face of WWE, who don't normally just give random celebrities titles. Not that he was totally random, because obviously the whole General Hall had match at WrestleMania a few years ago. But point being is that I have heard that there is some major animosity heat against Gronk, Gronk due to this. Because he wasn't really putting in the work to become a real member of the WWE locker room. And, well, let me ask you this, James. Is this the last that we have heard of Gronk in the WWE? Or will Vince eventually give him another chance after he re-re-re-re-re-re-retires? Well, seeing that you improperly introduced the Super Bowl champion Rob Gronkowski... Even though Grant, Grant Kasky. Right when I started praising him, I fuck up his last name. <laughs> Gronkowski. He is going to rejoin the greatest quarterback of all time in Tampa. Ryan Leaf? Oh. Really, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I had to ruin it for you. you Sorry, said, I'll shut you up. You <laughs> said Aaron Murray to put the XFL in there and start stabbing the XFL a little bit. Um do I think there's a little animosity? Yes. I do think that WWE thought that Rob Gronkowski was going to be around longer than, what, two months it was, I think? Yeah, it was like WrestleMania, couple of spots, had the title, lost the title, and he's gone. Yeah, uh, it's In this ever-changing world for sports right now, we have no idea what professional athletes do. Honestly, look at Jason Witten from the Dallas Cowboys. He retired because he was told that you get another concussion, you might have some severe brain injuries or uh, post injuries or brain damage. Or P- was it PTSD or something like that? Because of all the concussions he's been having. So what does Jason Witten do? He retires, goes on Fox, hates doing what he's doing on Fox, and goes back and plays football for two more years. Well, to be so, fair, he wasn't good on the mic. Oh, he wasn't. Um, thank God he's off Fox. But 
what is unique about this whole situation is will Vince McMahon forgive him and bring him back? The answer to that question will be no. I don't think Vince McMahon will allow him back in a role like he was just recently. I, if he does come back, he's going to do that one-time you know, show-off thing where he spears somebody in the ring. But honestly, as a New England Patriot fan and seeing him on WWE was funny, made me smile. The little WrestleMania bits were, you know, were nice. But he's he's athletic. He belongs on the football field. Uh, he doesn't belong in a wrestling venue. Yes, he's you know courageous. He's you know opened. You can tell that he loves doing what he does. Um, was he a waste of talent for WWE? Kind of, but honestly, I don't think uh, Gronkowski was 100% bought into uh, the position that he was given as the 24, how, how you state the 24-7-7-11 title. Um, 24-7-7-11-I-95 title. That's a very uh, elaborate name for a belt, but for that... Yeah, I think it was a missed opportunity for the WWE. I think the WWE thought that uh, he will be in the position where he'll stay around longer than just a couple of months or a cup of coffee. But besides from that, yeah, it's something that the WWE thought was going to be cool to get TV audience, which is a guarantee that's what they did it for. Um, but the guy still wants to play football. You knew he wanted to play football. You knew there was something going on last two years ago when he left the New England Patriots. There's some division in that locker room. We find out later that it was mainly because of the Bill Belichick reign wanted to go a different direction, and Brady and Gronk did not want to. Therefore, they're separated, and they get a nice reunion back in Tampa. As a Patriots fan, I bid both those gentlemen very uh, good 2020 seasons, um, and I'm going to just watch as my Patriots burn and crumble in 2020 as we suck for Trevor Lawrence. So for that, yes, it was a miss by the WWE, but for uh, it's just WWE's made these mistakes before. Ronda Rousey was one, and now mm. Ronda Rousey was Ronda Rousey was far more successful though. It's just a bit of a bitter ending, to put it to put it delicately. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, you know, she won the women's title. She was actually really, really fucking good in the ring. But yeah, the, yeah, she started getting some animosity towards the fans, and that got bad. At the very least, for Gronk's, you know, a positive, I guess, for him is that he didn't have that kind of animosity going on. Yeah, not with the fans anyway. Cool. Uh, yeah, true. But it was nice having Gronk on there. But it was, let's just say, it wasn't. It had so much more to go after. But one thing you know, what Gronk should have been when he came in. Because he was hated so much in the NFL. You know, the NFL, you know, the great football leagues. You know, other great football leagues are out there. Unfortunately, I folded the XFL. You know where you can get authentic XFL gear? At 503sports.com. Go to 503sports.com to get your authentic XFL gear, NFL gear, or USFL gear, USAFL. All the folded leagues. There's so many out there. XFL. USFL, WFL, you know them. Go find them. You want yourself to get the Memphis Seaboat Bass or what was the Seaboat Bass team? No, Steamboats. Where I get Seaboats from? Um, or the old Memphis Maniacs. 
503sports.com. Use code UNHINGED at 503sports.com to get 10% off and check out. This week's Heels of the Week is presented by 503sports.com. All right, all right. Time to do a little bit of heel talk. And this week for SmackDown, my pick is AJ Styles. Once again, AJ proved why he's one of the best performers in the company, and he's not a selfish one. Drew Gulak has been trying for years to get out of the box, now known as the cruiserweight division, much like back in the days of WCW. With that said, WWE today is a much different animal than WCW, and guys like AJ Styles are the reason why that is. AJ didn't have to put him over, because I'm pretty sure that he could have just refused to do the match because he likely has creative control in his contract, given how important he is to WWE. But what he did this past week doesn't normally happen in WWE. I know, I'm making this guy sound like a babyface, but this is all backstage stuff, y'all. And this normally doesn't happen in WWE, which is giving a win to somebody he hadn't wrestled before and just before a pay-per-view and gave him the win in a damn excellent match. This, it was, this match was thoroughly entertaining all the way, showing that these two have great chemistry together and perhaps they will likely face off against each other sometime in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again uh, this Friday, just before Backlash. Top wrestlers like AJ Styles don't normally do stuff like this, and I applaud him for helping another talent move up the chains like Drew Gulak, and I couldn't be happier for Drew, and that is why this week's Heel of the Week for SmackDown, my pick anyway, is AJ Styles. My Heel of the Week is not from wrestling. It's not from social media chaos. It's not from real-world stuff. My heel of the week is myself. Why is it myself? Because sometimes when you're doing this podcast, you do a lot of stuff outside, editing, putting stuff together, and posting it on YouTube, and posting it on social media, and posting it on every device out there. The reason why I'm this week's Heel of the Week is because I got into a nice little altercation with a fan or a listener online. And basically, he told me some things that I could I know, I know personally, which I don't mind. I like to call them, you know, social media keyboard warriors, which they just try to start stuff. And the reason why I'm the Heel of the Week is I want to tell you guys, it's a lot of work for us to do these podcasts it's a lot of work for me and carlos we do live in two separate cities and two different states on the east coast we are not always in communication as we have two jobs that have different hours so when you when we say that we're doing a review show slash debate show like we are today we're not doing an instant reaction show on smackdown this is a review show we're just talking about wrestling and you know back and forth conversation that's a difference between our reactions so the reason why I'm the heel of the week is because I called out a fan who basically, you know, tarnished a poor individual out there. I'm not going to get their name out there uh, because saying that the only reason why people listen to a certain podcast is because this person has a mental disability. And that's the only reason why he is getting fame. I looked at the dude. I realized who the dude was, and I was like, you are a blanking idiot. I know I'm blanking his name, 
or curse word, but still. Then I got submitted to Facebook jail slash Twitter jail. I know people didn't realize there was a about a two and a half day span where the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast wasn't posting anything. Wasn't. It's because we were put into Twitter jail. So for the people out there who are putting my podcast or me and Carlos' podcast on notice for defending another podcast's opinions and reputation because of their mental disability and you're calling us out for being aggressive and being a person that's slandering somebody, please get off of social media. You're the problem of our society today. And yes, I might be the heel of the week because of that, but I think if I put in the Twitter jail slash Facebook prison, whatever social media device I was put in, which was actually Twitter, but you know all the other sites they put you in jail for you know standing up for somebody, I will like be I'll have the pleasure to be in that Facebook prison for many days if I'm defending another podcast. So I'm not going to mention this guy's podcast because I don't want you guys to see who I'm talking about. He has a, not a lot of followers. He has about, like, I think 27 subscribers. But he gets about 200 views on his shows, which is more than us on YouTube. But still, I defended the guy. I got put into Twitter jail because apparently I am showing my, you know, showing that a, a person with a mental disability can't stand for himself and I'm the bad guy. So, dude, whoever messaged me, I do know your stuff. I do save your information. You can go fuck yourself. So, I am the heel of the week. For that, for defending a podcaster. So, if you want to know who the podcaster I'm talking about, DM me. I will send you his inf information. I don't want his information to be put on this because I don't want him to be associated with us in any way. Not negatively. I just don't want him to get bombarded about something that he, I guarantee you may not even notice on his tw channel. But apparently, it was enough for me to get banned from Twitter. So, therefore, I am the heel of the week. Thank you. Give me my goddamn belt. And let's take this show on the road for showdown. God damn, you went from babyface move to being turned into a heel due to the babyface move. God damn. Yeah. Man, Facebook's gotta get their shit together. But with that said, <laughs> if you guys enjoy the show and you're listening to us on iTunes or Podcast, Anchor, anything like that, please, if you could, leave us a five-star review. Even though we may not be a five-star show. But if you enjoy us and you want more people to hear it, that's the best way to do it. It helps us out greatly here. And if you got a couple of bucks that you can spare, want to help support the show, we can get more bandwidth for our, our site. We can get more equipment, get better sound quality. Feel free to throw us a couple of bucks if you want over at Anchor. If you want to follow us on Facebook, check us out at the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. We are on Twitter at PWNSGWP at wrestling movie g we got a youtube channel shooting gallery wrestling podcast you already know you can follow my channel too if you want the wrestling movie guy or carlos the wrestling movie guy and with that said guys it's not that far off from backlash we are going to be doing a live stream of that one week from sunday as the wwe network would tell you so we are going to be there for that feel free to join us and until next time y'all we're going to be back on monday and well, we'll be back to watch the show on Monday, but we're going to be releasing the podcast on Wednesday for Wednesday War Room. We will be back. And until then, you're all fired. This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan made show. 
and all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE.